This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. Being enthralled, or more accurately, frightened and turned on by Prince and what his various looks said about an aspect of black male sexuality, was that something only comedians could talk about? And when they did, did Prince's weirdness have to be the butt of the joke, so to speak, along with colored queerness? For the most part, I wasn't interested in the Prince who produced 1999 and Purple Rain and Around the World in a Day and at least half of Sign the Times, all released between 1982 and 1987. Those felt like self-consciously white, quote-unquote, pop albums to me, a craven desire on the artist's part to belong to the world outside the colored queens I had known growing up who called Prince Miss. Why did he want to leave us for that non-world of convention he seemed to aspire to, where she, quote-unquote, got married to a woman who looked like her, then, to make matters worse, dressed as Miles Davis had while on tour promoting his rock jazz fusion album Bitches Brew? Why did he want to betray the colored queer in himself? At parties in New York, uptown and down, I stopped dancing when frat boys pumped their fists in the air to 1999 or slid across the floor when Kiss came on or grabbed their obliging girlfriends, girls unlike the fierce dykes who sang and played backup for Prince in his early years and twirled them around to Raspberry Beret. They didn't know what he meant by any of it, and I did, but I no longer mattered. What mattered was Prince's acquisition of a larger audience, those people who purchased records and filled concert halls, not the black queens who lip-synced to Sister while voguing near the Hudson River in the clear light of night. But in 1988, Prince redeemed himself somewhat. That year, he released Love Sexy. It was as if Lazarus had risen from some strange, frat-boy-populated cave. The cover told us everything. It was Prince naked, his hair feathered. The album featured another female doppelganger, Kat, a dancer and singer who looks like Prince insofar as anyone could look like Prince. She was spectacular in ways that Prince had toned down by then. You could see it in the music videos. He performed, but Kat worked but he was still too much the showman and the boss man not to upstage her. Kat was beautiful. She had a big ass. She posed on the Thunderbird that Prince and his cohort partied on at the end of the show. With her long curly hair and well-toned biceps, Kat was the girl Prince had been before he stopped being a girl, outrageous and demanding. She rapped to the audience. She got right in our collective face. You could see her eyeliner. Prince smiled behind his guitar, behind his own shimmering ass, as Cap became him and sang his lyrics, a twinning for the ages. Cap was not only Prince, she was Cynthia and Rosie from Sly's Family Stone, Betty Davis without Miles. I longed for that twinning. 
I long to be Prince, stick someone's cat, and the other way around, too. Like a figure in a platonic dialogue, I had always longed to meet my other half, my Prince half. If Prince had his twin, why couldn't I? But twinship did not come easily. In time, I would find my Prince, but when I did, it was complicated. He wanted Dorothy Parker, and I was not Dorothy Parker.